chose this one this is life in the fast lane number 21 i'm oh, episode 333 jesus i'm rusty even though we 333 is a recorded. great number you, you skip three three yeah. is a great number i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we are kicking things off as we do without question every time it feels so natural every time we are kicking things off with the fast and furious minute from too fast too furious minute 96 put it downstairs See you in a second. I thought you was dead, man. Yeah, me too. They should save my ass, bro. What are you doing, Brian? I don't know, but if Barone sees a helicopter at Customs, boat, she's dead. Boat, car, boat. You're not going to do what I think you're going to do. Yeah, I think so. You got my back, bro? Yeah. All right, man, put on the seatbelt. Show sure, some real dudes that have this shit. Bro. We're going to do this big. Hold on, Rob. Hold on. Carter has one of his goons escort Monica into the belly of the boat. Brian and Roman then race toward Carter's boat to save Monica. They catch up quickly as Roman realizes what Brian's plan might be. Jump the car onto the boat. They buckle up. Brian revs the engine, pushing to nearly 120 miles per hour as they hit a ramp and fly. Carter turns to see what's flying toward him before racing to take cover as the minute ends. And Joe, the big thing is that last minute we were talking about, are they going to jump on the next minute? Are they going to jump on the next minute? They get to it. And it's kind of yes and no. Like they make the jump, but they don't jump onto the boat. So we're kind of, both options were kind of right. But they don't drag out the like racing down. Like we were getting to the, we're about to jump on the fucking boat. But they make the jump. They are in the air. And we will talk more about this crash landing a little bit later in the episode. But I was honestly surprised how quickly they got to here from where we were in the last minute. I 100% agree. I did not think that we would make it even nearly this far. They're like, they're, the car is in the air at the end of this minute. Beaming down on Carter's boat. Yes. So um, that's further than I thought that we would have gotten we also get for the first time, I think in a while, an insert shot of the speedometer, and we actually get two of them in this. We see him hitting 90, and we see him hitting like 120, but I feel like that's a that's a staple of these early movies, and we haven't, I don't think we've had that in a while, have we? Ooh, especially because we just watched F9 today. Um, No, I don't, we, they've kind of, you know, we've talked about it. They, we don't get as much interior shots and stuff like that, but even in like all of Too Fast, Singleton really liked the inside of the cars, but like wouldn't really show you much. Mm-hmm. So seeing a shot of the speedometer is kind of interesting. That's why I made a note too that he's almost going 120. It cuts away right before he hits it. Um, I did notice that and was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. They really want you to think, bro, look how crazy this shit is. Yeah. Even it's... though they're literally jumping a car onto a boat, they're like, bro he's doing a buck 20 it's like yeah we know he needs to go really fast because he's driving a car onto, onto a, boat. a boat that's moving and the car is moving and one's in water yeah but they do it well and we'll talk about well spoilers we'll talk about how in a little mm-hmm. bit 
there's there's two things about like the the bulk of this minute is the Brian and Rowan conversation in their car. Yeah, car, boat, car, boat, mm-hmm, car, which boat. We'll get to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Brian and Rowan, their their exchange I wrote down here is breathless. Like they basically edit out every like it's like how I used to edit the podcast. Where I'm just like we can't have dead air, we can't have dead space. We have to I have to cut out every single second, and it's just like. There's like one ends a line, the other one begins a line immediately afterwards. And I know that like they're they're excited about it, but like it feels like extra crazy. But then the, the weirder part, and I think I only realized that because I watched this like, you know, ten times in a row, or whatever. Yes. But the weirder part to me is Roman says, a normal line, you're not gonna do what I think you're gonna do. And Brian says, Yeah, I think so. It's like you should know what you're gonna do. The fact that he says I think so. No, is he's weird saying to me. he's he's saying I think you know what I'm thinking about doing is what it is. He's like you're not going to do what I think you're going to do. He's like I think we're we're thinking the same thing and he's like no. Mm. That's what it okay. is. I think he's confirming. So he's not saying I he's not saying I think I know what I'm going to do. He's saying I think you, you think know what you know. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's what that's what I perceive that as. The only other thing of note that I found in here is that a new song starts, which I love. So the previous song ends in the score, Monica exposed hyphen Romans the rescue that continues and ends in this minute. And a new one begins called Dukes of Hazard stunt, which is referenced in this. I just think it's kind of funny to have a song called Dukes of Hazard stunt, but here we are. But there's some stuff that you found, Joe. What did you find in this minute in Too Fast, Too Furious? I found that this was shot at Bill Bragg's Cape Florida State Park. I have the link to the Florida State Park there, and I it's hard because it's not a Google Street View walk-around mm. place, but I think that this, like if you click on the address of it, I think that this is probably where they did it, because look, it's like a flat boat landing that goes onto water. It seems... Oh, it, maybe. It looks like this would be a good place to do it but you can't kind of walk around the edge i couldn't do scoping Mm. beyond that but i did look at a few pictures around here based on the address and like where it was telling me and i think that this might be a good spot for it if i had to like shoot jumping a car onto a boat pretty much like a straight flat edge that you could build a ramp off of looks like this would be a great spot to do right yeah very true because you could just kind of line up a camera on the side right here and it would look like that's what happened We'll talk about it later, but like the way that they crash land the boat, the car into the water in the edit feels like you need to crash into like a, a sort of a shallow, and this feels like it would be kind of shallow, right? So yes, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there was that, and then I I had to call in an expert, Joey, someone who was a former bartender. I did. Uh, there is a few bottles of alcohol behind Carter Verone, very out of focus. Hmm. But And I could only recognize one. The one that I definitely knew was the Kettle One Vodka. Um, next to it, uh, we collaborated. I, I, the resident expert was Rachel. I called her in to help. The one that we collaborated uh, to the right of it has a red top and a square bottle. We both assumed that that was Beef Eater Gin. Okay. Fits the description. Um, behind the Kettle One Vodka, adding a blue tinge to the Kettle One Vodka bottle, is Bombay Sapphire. So, so far, it's got one vodka, two gins. Wait, and then there's a green bottle behind the Beef Eater Gin, which we presume, but don't know, is a dry vermouth. 
He's just making martinis, bud. He's making a vodka, a bunch of martinis, and it makes total sense, right? Sure. Um, Next to that, he is the bartender tool set in the champagne bucket, but I think that really he just has a nice little martini set up there. Do you want a vodka one? Gin, dry gin, sapphire, whatever you want. He got it. And also, it kind of feels appropriate. So you can have any drink you want as long as it's a martini. Yeah, on Carter Verone's yacht, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also feels kind of right, right? This this feels like a Carter Verone kind of like, I just drink martinis on my yacht, and like Ava Mendez has to drink martinis on my yacht. It feels like character appropriate. Well, what's too. also yeah, what it feels like not not dunking on martinis. I'm not really a big mixed drink guy. I mostly drink beer. I'm, I'm, I would like to. I just what at, whatever. Doesn't, I like martini. A real dirty. If you if you do you ever drink a martini? Mm-mm. No, real dirty means lots of olives. Is that what that means? Yeah, if you, I like them really dirty. If you, if you get a lot of olive juice in there, they're really good. And I prefer gin martinis over vodka martinis. A lot of people like vodka martinis over gin martinis, but that's well, my I just think way it's really it. funny that, like, to me, it makes perfect sense that Carter Verone's like, bro, you know what the classiest drink is? James Bond shit, just martinis. Like, that's like, it feels like we don't see them, but just like. You know the best drink? It's what James Bond drinks. Why would you want to drink anything else? Like, it feels like kind of like I'm ascribing kind of like Wolf of Wall Street kind of, you know, that kind of like, bro, this is like the best. No, you, you know, you want a martini. It also, you they're like, they're, they're almost an acquired taste. So they're like, they have some, some power man juice to them in the sense mm. that like, you know what I mean? You get what I'm trying to say? Like, they're yeah, like power man juice, power man juice. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. So I, I think that he would definitely be like, and, and not even because of James, he'd be like, no, he shakes them. Nobody drinks it like that. Like that's only for yeah. like sissies. Or, and you'd be like, oh no. I do. So what, what's funny to me though, about the overall like timing of this minute is that we really only have like four minutes left. Like we were talking about like whether we're going to get there or not. Like there, the movie is like 106 minutes long, but there's like five or six minutes of credit. So we really sure, only yeah. have like four minutes left and there's a lot that has to happen. So it's going to very quickly feel breathless in a way. Like they've got to land. They've got to handle that. They got to get off the boat. They got to do the conversation. Well, they don't get off know. the boat. They just like appear but on I, I the mean, shore like they have to get from the boat to the shore right it's like just a hard trip, cut though yeah. from what i remember but there's still like so much to do like in four minutes right before so it's like oh yeah we're gonna wrap up this whole fucking movie in four minutes like really quick in pockets ain't empty everything yes mm-hmm. so like i know what happens between now and the end of the movie but i don't know what is in this next minute so i'm, I'm excited three weeks from now we're gonna find out i'm excited too and this was a pretty good minute it wasn't it, it happens quickly and there's not a ton to look at in the background, but there is some stuff, and we get the jump. I mm-hmm. was worried that we were going to drag out this, but I think that they actually did a good job of making this an appropriate length of time to give you the, like, let your brain process what's happening. Roman establishes it with the car boat, car boat, right to the ramp, hit it, boom, done. Show you the speed, show you the boat, hit the ramp, and we're on the way. Yeah. So before we get to the name of the minute, the trivia, I don't, did you read the trivia question that I read in here? I just did, and I really like it because I couldn't think of things that I would want to pick. I, I think your choice is excellent, and I'm, I fully endorse it. When Roman realizes what Brian is about to do, drive their car onto Carter's boat, what is the order in which Roman verbalizes the plan? And so Joe's been saying it a couple times already in this episode, but Roman says, boat, car, boat. So I have. This boat, is amazing because I'm going to fuck car. this up. That, that, and when I said it a million times, you and said then car I looked first. at Yeah, yeah, I'm going to fuck this up. You're so option one: it. boat, car, boat. 
Option two, boat car, boat car. Option three, car, boat, car. Option four, car, boat, car, boat. I, I am 100% going to pick the last answer, car, boat, car, boat, because that's Which what plays in my head. Wrong. It, it's absolutely the wrong answer. But I know mm-hmm. that no matter what, that's probably the one that I'm going to pick when I take this quiz. I do have a suggestion for uh, the title. Okay. Cars Don't Fly. Mm. I can't wait to get to that minute in like 45 years. Yeah. Yeah. Does he say Cars Don't Fly, Brian? They, they, said, they said the line a couple times in that movie. We can just say Cars Don't Fly. Because Jack says it, and then Dom, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I but Dom says it to Brian, and I would like to include the Brian unless Dom does not say Brian. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm asking. Cars don't fly, quote. Cars can't fly, Dom. Cars can't fly. Oh, Brian says cars can't fly, That's right, because Dom. Dom is driving. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Cars can't fly, Dom. I like that. Can we do that? Or do cars you want cars don't fly, fly? Yeah. So from minute 96, cars can't fly, Don. When Roman realizes what Brian's about to do, drive their car onto Carter's boat, what is the order in which Roman Roman verbalizes the plan? The answer, of course, is boat, car, boat. <laughs> so hard. That is, that's going to fuck like, me what's, good. So it's, it's very difficult. It's very specific. There's objectively a right answer. It's said it's said out loud it's not anything it's not anything that's like hidden in the background nothing you had to pay attention it's it's said it's vocalized yes it's a very fair question and a very difficult question there's no contention there i love it anything else to say about this minute i'm with you now that you said it i don't know how the fuck we're finishing this in four minutes <sighs> but there's so much there's so much movie left there, the, it feels like there's a ton of movie cut left. to us in three weeks six weeks nine weeks but like nothing happened this minute yeah yeah, also that, We too. have two minutes left. Nothing happened. What are you doing? And then it's going to be like, pockets ain't empty, huh? and then, like, mm-hmm. credits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I have a handful of things. I have a question for you that I almost asked for your oh. face. Like, I'll just save this. But did you notice anything news-wise in the last three weeks? I did, and I don't think you'll even have this one. Ooh. What is your news? I was watching the uh, Today Show in the morning, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson was doing a whole bunch of make-a-wishes with kids. Oh, wait, was it? So you tweeted a thing, or or Reaction to Rocket tweeted a thing at us, like, The Rock teased, like, stay tuned, big announcement tomorrow. Is that this? I'm unsure. I'm unsure if it's that, but I know that he was on the Today Show. It was very cute. He was uh, dealing with a bunch of make-a-wish kids that wanted to just meet him. And he was just having like a very cute session. There was a big piece on it on the Today Show. And I thought it was wholesome and sweet. And I was excited. And I was also questioning you and excited for this segment because I was hoping that there was a big announcement <laughs> and that he was running promo for something like The Rock did all these Make-A-Wish visits. And then he's like, and I got a new show coming out. I'm running for president. Yeah. Something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Because today on December 5th said tomorrow, Dwayne, this is... I'm sure they get this joke all the time, but today tweets, tomorrow, Dwayne Johnson joins today for a big surprise. It's like, tomorrow, get, make up your mind. Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne Johnson joins today for a big surprise. Tune in tomorrow morning only on today. Oh, so it was that. Okay. And then he says, a big, he quote tweets, says, a big, big surprise. Blessed day. Join us tomorrow morning. And then it's just, 
not just, but like one of the biggest Make-A-Wish days ever, my absolute honor, yes, very special yes. day and what life is all about. But I think Reaction Rocket was just like, and a lot of people probably like, announcement? Yeah, is he running tonight? for president? Yeah. Announcement tonight, Queen? Announcement tonight? No, and it was just, he just made a lot of children very happy, and it was cute. Do you know what his bio is on Twitter, on X? Dwayne's? Dewey's? It says, yeah, Dwayne. It says, <laughs> eat cheats and beat meats. I don't know. That's my guess. Simply just says. The Rock. Founder. F- founder? None of anything, just founder. Of Terramana? Of seven bucks, seven, seven bucks, seven bucks. Mm-hmm. But not America. none of that. Not not that. It just says founder. Just founder. Can you change your Twitter bio to just say founder? I Can you could, add founder at the end? Should we both add founder at the end? Right now, I think it's mine's just a Paddington quote. That's fine. And then period founder. If we're kind of polite, the world to be right. We can make the too fast one say founder. What is what is the Too Fast One say currently? The podcast where Soul Popped and Joey D watch Fast and Furious movies on repeat forever, grab a corona and hop on the passenger seat. Founder. Founder. <laughs> okay, please, yes. Please add it. Because <laughs> that's incredible. Um, speaking of, um, I guarantee you in, like, in three weeks we'll be like, what? Yeah, what, what um, does this mean? Speaking of Make-A-Wish, uh, you did a thing. What? Oh, Yes. Yeah, we remember t- this year on the right time. Like we we've done it, but like last in le- I think it was last year or whatever. Like we got the timing wrong. Yes. Um. You want me to talk about it now? Mm-hmm. Sure. Because it just well, well, it's it's top of mind. Okay. Um. We posted pictures of it, but we did our annual Turbos for Tots uh, toy donation to uh, Toys for Tots, and uh, I got a bunch of cars. It was actually really fun. I bought one non Fast and the Furious thing this year, but if feels like it was fast mm-hmm. and fierce did you even notice well you told me oh okay sorry i got one remote control lamborghini car that just felt like a roman remote control car mm-hmm. it's a lamborghini but it wasn't like official yada jada fast and the furious toy mm-hmm, production mm-hmm. um got that i i donated one of the toretto household uh diagram things which Love i also it. bought and it's awesome i got myself one too i could i couldn't I couldn't pass this up. I have no other of the Fast and Furious toys, but this one was too good. It also has like a little um, barrel grill, Joey, and a little picnic bench that you put in the back of the Ooh. yard. You can open the garage door, park the charger in the garage door. Uh, very awesome. Um, then I got some like uh, mini cars, normal size ones, got a Toretto's charger. I put the picture online. Go look at uh, Twitter. It was a cool. It was a cool thing. I always like giving toys to kids. That's one of my favorite things, and it inspired me today. I'm probably gonna buy Rachel's cousins' babies, our nephews, some Fast and the Furious toys too, and keep the tradition going even in fam. I would also say that we use Patreon money, so this is also yes, yes, yes. To you, it's from so. you guys. Yes, yes, yes. This is a community effort. Thank you guys, and hopefully, you also might have donated some Fast and the Furious toys or just some cars in general. Make some new Fast fans. Any other news you've seen? Because I have a handful of things. No, no, no. That It was only Dwayne The Rock Johnson's the only thing. Like, my brain is a goldfish. That's all I can remember. So this is something that came two weeks ago. This we talked about when it happened, but they finally settled. Fast and Furious 9 UK production entity fined $1 million after Stuntman suffered brain damage and set accident. Do you remember when they were making Fast 9 F9, like a Stuntman got, like, severely injured on set? I vaguely remember this, Yes. 
A guy named Joe Watts suffered a broken skull after falling eight meters onto concrete and landing on his head, and he felt he was considered, quote, lucky to be alive, and a UK production has been fined £800,000, $1 million um, in, you know, damages and yeah liability like they good yeah i'm i know that that won't make that poor guy whole but hope it helps somehow because that's terrible and you know at least he wasn't on set with alec baldwin um on jesus i did (laughs) i was like moving chance i'm just like so I, i sometimes sometimes when you say things i hear them late and then sometimes i hear them only in the edit and that time i caught it um, unrelated to Fast and Furious, but related to people we cover, Daniel Craig and Charlize Theron join forces for, quote, two of two for the money at Apple with Fast 9 filmmaker Justin Lin to direct. So Charlize is going to be in a oh, new Justin Lin movie. Oh, we did see this. I saw this. Yes, yes, yes. This Apple. is very cool. Patreon people were excited. Also, yes. speaking of Patreon things, I put a link, link in there. Twisted Metal re- renewed for season two. So people who, and, you talked about And we about were all bit. hype on uh, Twisted Metal. Did you, you didn't watch it, right? No. Correct. It's fun. It, like, it really is, like... A fun kind of brain mush kind of it's like it's fun though i i know i'm pitching it you're not gonna watch it doesn't matter but like again if you haven't seen it yet watch it i think it's a really good time we've been craving a lot more literally there's no other show that rachel and i have been sitting there and also some of my other friends that watched it and we sit there and we're like you know what we want more of right now fucking twisted metal like honestly it's well, th- like that much fun very cool I would like to watch it. There's just so much that, like, I. I it's not. Can't. It's I, not film. It's not. It's not art. Well, I'm art. not even looking for film. I'm just looking. There's. There's just too much stuff. I. I actually think you'd really like it. Like, the, it's good. It's just. It's kind of zany, but it. Ta- it knows its own personality. It's good. But yeah, I don't need to sell you on it. Go ahead. Speaking of TV, uh, I started watching the new, and I'll talk a little bit more about it later. But the new show Monarch Legacy of Monsters, also on Apple, stars both I've Kurt heard Russell great things. and Anna Sawai. So I'm through about half of the episodes that have been out yet. My buddies loved it, and not Mike Manzi, who's the Godzilla they guy. Are sort of they they are very stingy with the monsters. There's not a ton of monsters in the episodes. It's more of just like a show about like the just people. But what's very cool about it is that it takes place in a couple different timelines. Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt Russell, who is a Nepo baby actor, but also great. Like I love him. He was in Everybody Wants Some, which is one of my favorite movies. He was in a show for that lasted two seasons called Lodge 49, which I love, love, love. He's also in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show as like the the new Captain America that like really kind of Oh, he's the he's the he's the we have mm-hmm. Captain America at home? That's yeah, Kurt so Russell's son? Yes, his name oh, is Wyatt Russell. I didn't know that. Okay. And, like, he's he's so – like, in Lodge 49, he plays, like, basically, like, a Lebowski kind of, like, stoner burnout. But, like, I love that show. He also plays that same kind of character and Everybody Wants Some. In this show, which is really cool, is that he is playing – he and Kurt are playing the same character, like, 30 or 40 years apart. Fucking nailed the casting there, which guys. Which is super cool. And it takes place over a couple different timelines, like, as I was implying there. But Anna Sawai – is in current day L from F9. Oh, very and cool. She, at the end of the second episode, she and Kurt Russell meet up. So, like, I'm sure there was, I don't know that they ever shared the screen. I don't know, they, they might have. We just watched F9. I don't know. If, I don't remember if they shared the screen, but like, there's Kurt in Japan stuff, right? So, like, they probably might have been around, but like, it's cool to have like an F9 connection in Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV. I would really like to see Fast and the Furious fight Godzilla. I think that's like the ultimate, like big bad, right? Like that, like that would be would like be a cool. really fun, like 
Like, if we're going to go to space, if we're going to, like, I'm sick of fighting viruses and nuclear footballs. Can we just fight, like, a fucking, like, sea monster or you something? Know? Let's do it. I think that'd be the coolest. Oh, here's a longer thing. So, I was uh, DMing with Walt on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter, because I was reading his book and I was, like, just, like, sort of, like, not fangirling out, but, like, just, like, oh, this is super cool. Like, also, throughout the entire like throughout Walt's entire book, like he mentions Fast and Furious like ten times. So if you have not read, he you does. are what you he watch. He does. He does. Uh, go check it out. But it's a good book, and it looks beautiful too. It really, really does. You have the, you still have the digital copy. You didn't get a physical. I did. I'm gonna whenever the physical goes on sale, like if it's like whatever. I'm I want to like I want to convince Walt to autograph my copy for me. I was I was too nervous to ask him at the time, but I think that I would. You like never to. met him in person, right? I met him. No, I met no, him once. you. Have, we, yeah, I drank yeah. with him once. Yeah, yeah. And congratulations, Walt, who just got married. Didn't he just post his wedding pictures the other day? He did, yes. Awesome, he congratulations, He released Walt. a book and got married in the span of like eight days. Beautiful, excellent. Good job, Walt. His husband was on the show, Michael DeManico. Yes, formerly, he was. Former guest, did not love these movies, but you know. Fair enough. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> he also, he said, he, so I was talking to him about the book and about Fast and Furious, whatever. He published an interview on Sunday, a couple weeks ago on Numlock News that has one of the very best Fast and Furious anecdotes he's ever heard. So he shared this link with me. So I'm going to read here. So it was with this guy, Jeff Yang, who wrote a new book called The Golden Screen, The Movies That Made Asia uh, Asian America. Okay, cool. Okay? Very cool. Very interesting premise for a book, too. Very cool. So Walt says, I'm going to read here. It's exciting that you pointed that out because when I read this, I hopped around to some of the film franchises and films I love the most. And you have an entry, but you have an entry, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, and you write about how not only was it an important reset for what is now one of the most consequential franchises for Universal, but it was one where it even seems like they misunderstood some of the appeal of their characters to the point that they killed off Han and then eventually had to bring him back due to how popular and compelling he was. So Jeff goes, absolutely. Sung Kang's character was a fan favorite. Fortunately, in the franchise, no one's dead for very long, but yes, it goes deeper than that. So a little-known story here, but the Fast and Furious franchise began with the optioning of a story from Vice, which we know about, right? We know about, yeah. Race the story was X. written by Ken yep. Lee, who is now an editorial director over at Reuters. At the time, he was my intern at A Magazine. So this guy who Walt's talking to is just like, you know the guy who wrote that thing that became a franchise? Like, I, he, I was his boss. Yeah, so and we goes, saw him in the first episode of Icons mm-hmm. on Earth. That was Ken, yeah. Walt goes, oh my God. And so Jeff says, which was one of the early Asian-American publications. He came to me saying, hey, I have a story I want to write. I don't know where to write it for. Should I write it for the magazine? I was like, no, this thing you should pitch to a bigger opportunity because it's a great story. I'll connect you with my editor at Vibe. I've been writing for Vibe. My editor there, when he heard the story, said, we're going to make this, we're going to give this cover space. Like, it's a huge thing. Huge. story called Racer X. Yeah. It was basically about Asian-American illegal street racers who are taking over highways in Brooklyn and running their own illicit, mostly import car races. Very cool, yeah. ended up getting licensed by Universal to be essentially the IP around what they considered the very first Fast and Furious. Yes. Of course, the thing they did was eliminate all the, almost all the Asian characters. I think Rick Yoon was the only Asian actor who was a character, and of course, he's a villain, and they whitewashed all the characters, built a franchise around it, and not until they bring in Justin Lin and do Tokyo Drift that the Asian and Asian immigrant roots of this illicit street racing underground was finally acknowledged. Nobody yeah. talks about this history, but the Fast and Furious is actually our story. I mean, importing in car culture and underground street racing, car culture here on the West Coast and in New York 
was Asian American first and was yeah. taken away and turned into Fast and Furious by people who realized that if they'd simply just lighten the complexions of the characters involved, they might be able to make a mint off this. Wow. That's a really interesting point. And true. 100% mm-hmm. true, right? Like, tuner culture was Asian kids. That's just what it was. So I said, wow, that's really a testament to how Hollywood only cares about white people because almost every story about making that first movie seems like they screwed over everyone in route to a thing that no one expected to do well anyway. Like in Icons on Earth, too, like it was the same kind of thing. It's just like, well, this is nope, nobody's gonna see it, but like we might as well, like, fuck it all, just you know, throw white people in there, right? Yeah, they're like, what if we get a really handsome white dude? And I was talking about how it adds more fuel to the recent fire against the franchise as multicultural, which we have been saying as a pro for so long. But then between this thing and also the book of essays we read, they pointed out, hey, since The Rock, literally every major actor they added is white. And we were like, oh, shit. And Very Walt true. says, yep, it's weird. This is me and him DMing. It's like once they got big, they're like, no, sorry, these aren't your toys anymore. And I was like, they panned the countries the movies release in, which Walt's book covers as well. Yeah. But the big new additions are all white. Statham, Charlize, Ryan Reynolds, Vanessa Kirby, John Cena, other than Momoa and all other than Idris, right? Yes. And Who both uh, come in as villains. Mm-hmm. I said, the more movies they make, the more special the first few feel. And then he said, British, South African, Canadian, English, and American. And I said, all the whites. And then I put a picture of Tom Hanks from Elvis going, he's white. <laughs> and Walt like that, so yeah. So thank you. Interesting well, if you, if you Yeah. Yeah. If you don't listen, if you don't read Numlock News, there's the free one that you get a newsletter every weekday, and then there's the five dollar a month one to support Walt, and you get the bonus, the long form interview on Sundays, which is very very cool. So go check out. It's Numlock is the URL. So check it out. Yeah. Always support Walt. Walt's a good guy and yeah. super smart. Way too smart to be talking to me ever. So well. We appreciate him. Yeah, we do appreciate him for that reason. So my only other thing on the streets, and this is not a thing. I don't know when else to ask this. So I'm going to ask this now. So please, next lap, we will reveal the theme in the tune-up. It is the lap sponsored by Josh and Michael. Oh, yeah. Does any, does nobody knows yet, right? Well, the Mm-mm. patrons know. Patrons know. Okay, yeah. So here's my question to you. Yes, sir. Normally in every lap, patrons all get a pick. I basically pick things that I think we're both going to like that are going to have good conversations, and then you always get one pick. Should you and I both get Patreon bonus picks? Each, each of us gets one movie that's either on theme or can be whatever movie you want. Should we? Should you and I each get one? Oh. Oh, because we're, we're not picking the theme, so we mm-hmm. should get a bonus Patreon. I like that idea. Cool. Because it's a little bit more work for us, but like I have a perfect movie. Like I'm going... It's, it's the same movie I believed that in the last episode. I'm going to pick... Yeah, and I love that. And I already watched that movie, and I mm-hmm. love it. I am so sold. So you, yes. don't have to, you, don't, you don't have to give me your answer now unless you have an answer. Um, um No, I don't now, but you got me with your pick. Ooh, I need to come up with something okay, good. Cool, okay, cool, I good. like this. Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to pick, Joey. Tell me. Do you want to know? Uh-huh. Ooh, okay, cool. You know why? All the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Did you beat mine out, too? You I'm beeped gonna, mine. Uh, yeah, you definitely beeped mine out, too. out. Yeah, so sponsor Joe Two. Oh, yeah. There's no time we would ever be able to watch that movie ever, and it's like so. Oh God, yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And I could force others that like listen to this show hopefully to watch that movie because I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of people. Okay, perfect. Wow, excellent. Good idea, bud. Um. So that's all the news I have on on the streets. News about the Fast and Furious. 
even though it's also news about the show now, too, as well. But, Joe, is Dwayne Johnson in Fast 11? Yes. Cool. Let us now talk about icons on Earth. But, Joe, first, do we have a word from our sponsors? A message from our sponsors. Today's sponsors of Icon on Earth is brought to you by Caterpillar Excavators. No matter what type of work you do, excavation, trenching, or truck loading, Cat Excavators deliver top performance, unmatched versatility, and excellent fuel efficiency Dig those holes. Well, dig those holes and icons on Earth. So what's amazing to me about this show, there's a lot here that we've not mind because we've really gone behind the scenes. But like the first 20 minutes, I'm just like, whatever. They like, made too fast. Yeah. And then the back half is like banger after banger with like wild stories. I'm just like, this is insane. There And there was a lot specific. I felt targeted a mm-hmm. lot of times. So this episode is called Shifting Gears. After the success of The Fast and the Furious, a sequel is imminent. Vin Diesel and director Rob Cohen are replaced by director John Singleton and rising star Tyrese Gibson. Yes. And so it starts out kind of that these two guys wrote a spec script and they were very snobby that they were auteurs, authors, and that they wouldn't be writing a Fast and the Furious script film. And then their boss was like, you don't have any films made at all from any of your scripts. Maybe you should try to write a Fast and the Furious film. And they were like, nah. And then they went and saw the movie, the first one, and were like, hey, this is a pretty good movie. We should probably write a script about this movie. My first note is that even the guys who wind up making these movies shit on these movies. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They were just like so caught, like, so no, rude. why would we Why would we ever do that? This is a stupid car chase movie, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, motherfucker, this is pretty good. They were also just like, so we thought we were going to have Dom. Vin didn't want to do it. So we got Tyrese. Basically nothing had to change. I'm like, <laughs> yes, you can't. Yeah. Like, what the... No, you shouldn't be like, okay, so instead of this character that you know everything about, we're adding a brand new character with a totally different backstory in relation to Paul Walker's character. And they're like, we kept 99% of the script. We changed pretty much nothing. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I I really did like that. Um, I also like that we get a quick shot of John Singleton in a pirate's hat in one of the pictures. Mm. Pirate's hats were really big at the time, so I I don't put too much credence into that, but I will have to point out any time that I get represented. So thank you, John Singleton. Yeah, they talk about how like the all the only changes they had to make were that he's a childhood friend. They moved it to Barstow. Yeah, because you know, they were like, we want demolition derbies in this, and they're like, well, we'll just put them in Barstow. Yeah. And if you think about it, honestly, pretty much they're right, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, I mean, once you think, you're like, he put him into jail, whatever. Okay, cool. I also didn't realize, because I haven't seen Baby Boy, which we might cover at some point on this podcast, but I feel like we have to. We probably should now. I didn't now, realize yeah. that it was like for Tupac, Tupac dies. So like, well, we need to replace Tupac. Who are we going to get? Tyrese. It's like, what? And they only get Tyrese because John Singleton really liked him from the Coca-Cola commercials he was doing. I Have you ever seen these commercials? I have not. I've never heard of these before in my life, but apparently t- I, if anybody did see those Coca-Cola commercials and has thoughts on them, please let us know because like, I don't fucking remember these at all. The clip they showed, so this must have been like early to mid-90s, the clip they show is Tyrese on a bus singing what sounds off-key about how much he loves Coca-Cola. And from that, Tyrese got his first record deal. 
uh-huh. because everybody apparently loved Tyrese as the Coca-Cola commercial singing guy. Insane. That's an insane story. Think. Think of the world that Ty- Tyrese spawned an entire <laughs> career. So they they love him. They're like, this guy is electric. We need him. They yeah. screen test him, and apparently his screen test is so monumental that it's playing at the Academy For Baby Museum. Boy. For Baby Boy. Not for Too Fast. Right. For, for Baby, Baby Boy. Boy. Sorry. Yes. But this is all before Too Fast. Yes. But still, like, Tyrese Gibson's audition screen test with Plays him and his at the co-star. film. Like, the Academy of Film. Mm-hmm. The museum like the, at the Academy, the Academy of Film. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Like, the Oscars Museum in Los Angeles has... His the baby test. boy screen test. It's insane Playing. to think about. Yeah, and they showed it. And it's then because they're like, this is all why half. This is what you know. This is why the casting director loved him. This is why Universal loved him. This is why John Singleton. Go ahead. Loved are him. you going to get to the point that I want to talk and they about? They cut to Roman. She was like, "Here's how it really happened." It's like, no, this isn't how it really happened. This is just you telling a story. Like everybody else is like, "This is how it happened." Roman's like, or Tyrese is just like, "No, nah, it was different. It was different." And he's like, "You know what?" And they're like, "Uh." You know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, they get Tyrese and John Singleton at the same time, pretty much, because they, like, ask John Singleton about it. And Tyrese comes in and he goes, I got John Singleton that job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. And, and it's the most Tyrese thing. Like, he's, like, a well They show all the movies John Singleton had made up until that point. And Tyrese is like, yeah, I told them, like, you should probably get John Singleton to make this movie. And it's like, I don't think that that's how that happened, Tyrese. No. At all, like I, I think shot you're that co- shit out the sky, but bow. It's like no, you didn't. What? What? No, you're just what? lying. Yeah, you're just fully lying in this thing. But it felt very Tyrese of him to announce that he's mm-hmm. the reason that John Singleton got the job to direct a step down, terrible choice movie for him mm-hmm. in his career trajectory. Mm-hmm. Tyrese would take credit for that. Yeah. Yep. Well, the the first thing that I wrote down that feels like targeted toward us is they're just like, go ahead. We're trying to cast. They're talking to the casting director, right? Well, they're talking about like casting. Even well, there's, there's. I don't know if there might be one thing before what you're saying because I have that written down too. But like they're talking about how nobody came back from like it's basically a whole new cast for the second movie. The only person back is Paul Walker, yes, and also Tom Barry is Bilkins, and they never explain why Bilkins is back. They never explain why Tom Barry. But comes Tom back. Barry is in this episode of Icons He's on Earth, like and, five minutes, and fucking amped. He mm-hmm. loves the Fast and the Furious. He mm-hmm. loved being in the Fast and the Furious. He loved being on set in the Fast and the Furious. He wants to talk about it. He's so excited. And I was just like, oh, maybe we'll, maybe they'll explain why they're like, why this guy gets a, you know, a, a, a transfer across country, a different job, a different, you know, organization. I think the simple answer is, is they called everyone that was in the cast of Fast and the Furious. And they were all like, we're good. They're all like, we have new jobs now. And Tom Barry was like, I'll fucking come back. Mm-hmm. So then they talk about more about casting, and they, you know, they they went to Ja Rule, and as we talked about, Ja Rule like had crazy demands. They said no. He said he's like, too big for for another Fast and the Furious yep. movie. He is beyond this. He has to fire festival decide. And so they go to Ludacris, and the people thought he was too low key, but obviously he he makes it in there. Like they didn't think he was like bombastic enough, but they're like Devin Aoki. Everyone loves her. We're like, yeah. Obviously. They're like we didn't. We they're like we didn't pretty much test anybody else for the role like as soon as we saw her we were like yep her done bang and, and so they were doing like i think just photos outside right of like just what the characters could look like by their cars and like a school bus full of little kids drive by as she's by her car and they like hoot and holler out the window They're like yeah we found our suki like that's that's it that's yeah. the girl yeah pretty much 
So then, then go there's ahead. There's two things back to back that I'm like back Holy to shit. back, banger banger. Go ahead. So they're like, so this casting director, like this woman who I'm sure is really good at her job. She's she seems excellent. She casted for Baby Boy. She's the one who found Tyrese to replace. Mm-hmm. Yes, all these things. Okay. She's like, you know, they were looking for a villain, and I'm like, let's get Idris Elba. She's like, I saw the first episode of The Wire. I loved him. I wanted to get him in here. So we bring him in. He starts speaking in a British accent. We're like, oh, Yuck. hold on. And apparently no one could see past that, even though, like, people had seen The Wire. She had seen The Wire. She could hear him speak in an American accent. They're like, no, we're going to go Cole Hauser. And she's like, well, eventually they get Idris Elba, right? Yes. And then. That's a wild-ass story that they that Idris Elba was in the running to play mm-hmm. Carter Verone in Too mm-hmm. Fast and then becomes Brixton, like, a decade and a half later. Two it's iconically one-and-done characters. Yeah. Insane, though. That's insane. And then they're like, you know, so Chad Lindbergh is narrating this and saying, well, clearly, you know, she, he makes a joke about how, like, you know, they, at least he they dies. didn't fuck up, like, a second time, right? Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's whatever. And then she, they come back to this woman. She's like, I also wanted Channing Tatum in the movies. And we're like, what? what? And I think yep. they wanted him as Jimmy, I think. That's kind of that's, what they, that's That's what they are alluding to. I thought so, too. It was, it was, it wasn't very specific but i think that they're alluding that jimmy he was going to be like the the fourth person in the crew you know and they're like we can't have this many white people even though it's like they wanted they want to put an asian actor in there which i get and so they replace him with mc Jin, right like it's yes also mc Jin in the episode we talk about with brian in a couple of weeks on the f9 episode we talk about people with records mc Jin probably has a record too right yeah he does so, you're right that's another, another fast and furious character that has a album stay tuned for that episode Although this is, so Too Fast is like two years before Coach Carter. Like, this would have been like maybe episode one of Magic Mike. So like this would have been like a different thing. Insane. Yes. They do a casting call for cars, and they're like, you know, we'll get a handful of cars. And I think they say like 700 people show up with cars to like include in the movie. That and one of the other coolest things was is the guy that was like in charge of building the cars, like the guy from the first episode is like, oh, yeah, there was like a Ford dealership that like went out of business. So I just like bought that. And he's like, and I just like kept all those guys on staff and was like, can you just like tune and like build all of these like Mm -hmm. paint, paint prime, do all the wrenching on these cars? And they're like, yeah, we'll keep our jobs for like another couple months or whatever. And fucking genius that's awesome i love stories like that that's very cool so then they get into like the actual production of the movie and they're talking about how like when they were making baby boy john singleton was like i think there's a common thing like greta gerwig for barbie had like movie church where they like every time they would watch a movie together and so tyrese was like he made us watch like 15 movies for baby boy he made us watch nothing for too fast like it it was clear like this guy did not give a shit just like we're making a movie tyrese pitches it at that as that Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's that I think that if you read deeper into what Tyrese is saying, John Singleton was like, I actually don't want you to be influenced by other movies in this. I just want you to know the characters and stay in character and become the characters that are here. Not like, I want you to channel these things. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yep. Yep. That's what I was reading it as. But then, you know, you you put it through the Tyrese filter where he's the most important person in the world at all times. And then Mm -hmm. that's what happens. Yeah. They get to, they talk about the rat bucket, and they apparently ask the military and army general, like, what's the worst torture you've ever heard? He came up with this, and they're like, cool, we're doing it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're going to fucking send it. And I was like, insane. Okay, yep, with you. It was in my notes, too. 
And then what's also funny is like it, it kind of feels this way if you think about it, but like all of the most iconic and memorable things about this movie are because they had no money and they're just like they had to erase things. Like the steering yes. drive was only because they had a lot of dialogue that didn't work and so they cut it all. So they just stared at each other and didn't say anything and that was better. And and Tyrese improved the like he did the stare and drive, mm-hmm. didn't he? Mm-hmm. I taught him that and that was like an improv line at the end. Excellent. I give him his flowers for that one. Good job. They realize while winking the movie that they had not enough racing in the movie. And so they're like, well, we need to add this big racing. Universal's like, fuck that. We're not paying for that. So they had to figure out in one night what to do. So they did the down and back race. Yeah. And so they're like, what can we do? Because they're like, this really is a cheap, cheap and quick. Cheap, yeah. quick, and like look cool. And that's what they came up with. Genius. I really like that. Brian Paul, Paul, the actor really wanted to do the e-brake 180 at the beginning of the movie when he pulls up into the thing like just like the e-brake slide into like the camera yes. and he smiles he nails that people are like oh my god he did it and you see the crowd and if you know that and you watch the crowd they're actually like holy shit this yep. guy just did the move not like brian's here but the reaction is cool and it plays well into the movie but continue but then after the race as they're getting away brian paul again the actor paul fucks up and crashes into the parking meter and they're just like which well, we see we'll in the movie that. we'll just keep and, it yeah and singleton's like run it like mm-hmm. just run it up and we'll do it and then they talk about how they had to fix the car and stuff like that but right before that tyrese gives the best quote of the episode and you totally skimmed over what it. was it they're asking tyrese about like his improv he's like i like working with john singleton because he let me do improv a lot of directors don't like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they want just the lines and he goes I am the king of finding the joke and how to land it. I I didn't write that down, but I did love that line. Tyrese, thank you again for saving this movie for us. Uh, I, I'm glad that you gave a little credit to John Singleton, but we know that this was built on your back. Well, I think what's also funny in that same kind of like lauding ourselves like we know that vin compares these movies to film a lot right but they're like we need we need something that evokes apocalypse now like we need something like when they're in there and like the tiger what they call a lion like jumps out of the jungle what if we just had a boat a car fly onto a boat it's like you can't compare this movie to apocalypse now but like they did they really <laughs> but you did. did you did you tried it hmm yeah, it's kind of incredible watching the show. And just for like the weird takes like that where your brain's like, are they talking about the same thing that we're talking yep. about? Mm-hmm. And, and the other yeah. thing we've, we've talked about sort of is that like the clusterfuck of the like tractor trailer running over that car and the guy like acts like it, it fucking up and like he flipped his car by accident. Like it wasn't meant oh, to be yes. but like a yeah, so happy when, accidents. Yeah, the, the Corvette hitting and flipping after they drive over the car was a complete accident that they also left in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is they kind of go over how they did the the boat jump, like how they, which we just yes. talked about in the minute. And it was really, really interesting and cool that like they had a lot of the stunt guy there and talking about like how he could set up the stunts and what he did. And they just like jumped a car off a ramp and it mm-hmm. just landed in water. Mm-hmm. And then they had like a car on a wire that landed on the boat. And then like. Well, it didn't even land on a boat. It landed on like. Yes. Yeah. A, a white piece of like plastic or something that like kind of looked like a boat yeah and then they smashed yeah 
it's pretty crazy to think about how these stunts get made and like mm-hmm. how they're like clever editing camera angles blah 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 because it looks seamless in the movie right like yeah. i i couldn't have if, if you would have said like how did they do this i would have known that there was tricks to it but i wouldn't have combined these tricks to make that right, right. but i mean also that's not something that we do but in the same sense, it's it's magical, and they did a very good job. Yeah, the only thing I've seen in these movies that are like that is in Fast Five, like the vault scene, and they talk about how there's like different cars, like there's cars pulling something heavy, but obviously not as heavy as the vault. There's cars that are pulling nothing. There's cars that are just like part of a car. Like there's all these different ways to like do different elements of a scene to get one portion of the stunt, and then using computers to mash them all together and make it look like it's all happening at the same time, which is yeah. it, it's insane. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. But um, amazing. Amazing to see. Cool. Any other notes from this episode of Icons Unearthed? No, I got all mine in, and I'm glad that we had very, very, very similar ones because that means we were on the same wavelength. It's also funny like, that. I'm, that we're the same thing. It's just like, like I think if you've seen these, like us recapping them, other than hearing our excitement, like it's just like, oh, yeah, I, heard, I know that already. But like I was hesitant because I felt like we already know so much about the movies, but like we don't know a lot about behind the scenes. But like every time like there's a long stretch of these episodes where it's like, Boring, not boring, but just like we know it, we know it, we know. And like this one felt like, especially because after the first one, just like there's so much backstory we didn't really know. And then here, just like, well, you know, no one knew the first was going to be a hit. And then there's a second movie. Is it going to be a hit? Nobody came back. We're like, yeah, we know this. And then all of a sudden, just like Idris Channing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, that's the shit we want to know. Tell me more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, same. I still don't know that I want it to be an hour long, but like, if it weren't an hour long, I think most of what we would have. Would be we already knew, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. it would be like that first half of the episodes that you're like, okay, yeah, okay, yep. here's Craig Lieberman for six minutes. Cool. So the six episodes of the show will be back with the third episode on the next Fast Night. We're basically going to finish this show as we finish Too Fast. So that's pretty cool. I like that. It, it worked out well. I'm glad that we, it was actually really nice to watch this, ep- like, watch this episode today and do the minute. Yep. I was like, wow, that's really, really appropriate, and it felt nice. Yeah, Joe, I want to say this is a really good idea you had to watch Icons on Earth. I'm really I'm really glad you had this idea. I I am so glad that I bothered you for so long mm-hmm. and wouldn't stop asking you to cover this yep. show. This is all you, so congratulations. Good job. Thank you. Appreciate it. We have it. a Patreon page, too fast, too forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson. Oh, I didn't shout you guys out in the next episode. I'm sorry. Here's a double shout out. Cassie Wilson, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Ooh. Summer Party. Wes Hampton, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato Di Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, Nate Milton of the Kings of Sport, Jason Rainey, Tom Price, Mike Gallier, Josh Buckley of Whole Lot of Wolves, yep. Michael Moser, Christian Larson, Tara New One, Aaron Willows, and Natalie Absolute, Randy Carter, Josh Gularm, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. If you want access to swag and merchandise like t-shirts, stickers, and more, early access to episodes, bonus episodes, the Fast and Furious Minute Document, the Minute Quiz, your choice of pit stop movies and themes, voting for all pit stop fan selected movies, which we have not done in a while, and our undying love and affection, too fast, too forever.com. Even a dollar a month gets you in the door. Joe, we have two new patrons this month. One dollar member, meet Prawit Tenkumwong. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but Prawit, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, bud. Awesome. Joining right member in. of the Say family. Hi. And then also, I mentioned his name earlier. I mentioned his episode name last episode, but Josh Gularm from our Fate of the Furious episode, the Full Throttle franchise. Josh joined at the $5 level. So, Thank Josh, you, your Josh. stickers are in the mail to you now. So, enjoy. Oh, I want to say thank you to Natalie for the very, very, very awesome Fast and the Furious Christmas card 
that I think she sent you one as well, right? She did. She handmade that. It was beautiful. They Loved were it. fucking awesome. I will keep that forever and greatly cherish it. I I really appreciate all the things that you guys send and do for us. So thank you. Seriously. Honestly. We've made three sales on Tee Public because it's Christmas season. What people say, what evokes the holiday spirit other than a T-shirt of George, George Pickens, Pickens, NFL watching. Young Boy, Fast Five? <laughs> that was one sale. We also got a George Pickens Young Boy Fast Five t-shirt. That's another sale. And we got a t-shirt of Brian Supra. So someone actually bought like actual merch of ours. And then two people were just like, I want the Steelers thing that doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay. It's the weirdest thing ever. But also it's something that would like really, like, you know how my brain works. If I saw something that weird, I would be like, I got to get one. of Like, this is so, Mm -hmm. who made this? What is the story behind this? What Batman movie was that from? Which is like, I got to get me one of these. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, it's Independence Day. Okay, 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 okay. Yes, that makes more sense. I was like, Batman? Where after they, like, fly the thing out yeah. for the first time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I know. I have got to give me one of these! How did you imagine Will Smith in Batman? I thought it was someone seeing the Batmobile. Like, it's a futuristic vehicle. Fair enough. That makes sense. Good explanation. I was also DMing with our friend Mark Hoffmeyer. Yes. In the last couple of weeks. How's and he Mark? sent me... Oh, he, he sent me a very specific observation, which we've talked about before. He's like, I love the coffee order in the first movie. The decaf, you know, when they're in the police house. What What is it? What is the coffee order? Well, I don't know, but like the, the whipped cream thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like when they have like the whipped cream in the... Are you are you quizzing me right now for like the quiz? No, this is a general general asking. What are you talking about? Oh, when they're in the police house. Oh, yeah, like it's like mochaccinos, no whip. Yes, with a lot of whipped cream on top. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Now I do remember. Yes, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Bilkins, Paul. Yes. Uh, what's yeah, his name? Markham. Mar- yeah. Mark. Well, Markham, and then there's a uh, Tanner says, you know decaf or whatever like he he asked and then in the next scene they're drinking these like very overly frapped like crazy coffee drinks right yeah that they apparently made in the kitchen of that house yes, in the police house yes exactly so mark now messaged me about this and i'm like have you ever taken our quiz and so he took the quiz he did he got about half of them right which is still very impressive insane insanely yeah. difficult but again that is a perk only of patrons and of mark um that if you go to too fast the pinned post on there includes links to the, both the quizzes both the minute documents so you have access to those things at too fast if you're not taking the quiz it's very fun to take the quiz so do that and if you're a new patron just go look at how insane the fucking minute documents are mm-hmm. just like just look at how insane they are just for yep. like one minute scroll and be like god damn we also have an email address if you don't want to support us, if you're not able to financially support us, that's also fine. You can just email Absolutely. in family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we have three emails to get through today. I heard two people in the Discord tell me they were writing emails today. So I know the two came in today. So first up from Randy Carter, subject line, a follow-up. He says, guys, just want to send a quick email and give you my rankings and bonus episode choice as you requested. But first... Thank you, Randy. One follow-up to my last email concerning the 1989 date in Fast X, and then I'll let it rest as I realize I'm not going to change your minds. Okay. He says, the only canon thing you have to ignore for 1989 to work is the comment from Brian that Vince was, quote, approximately 24 years old. Disregard that and everything else falls into place. His use of the word approximately indicates he wasn't told (laughs) Vince's age at some point in time was just guessing he's a bad guesser. Randy? I applaud you sticking with it, bud. Yeah, you fight. I'm sure that there's like 
of the six people in the world that might care about this, including us and Wes, <laughs> and now you, I'm sure that at least one of them agrees with your your reasoning. Yeah, just, you know, I, I love anybody who cares this much about... Your family, your family, 100%. Whether or not we agree with you, you having a thought and logic outing... Which, to be very clear, we do not agree. <laughs> But but, ha- but having having this deep level of thought into something means you're our kind of people anyways. It's yeah. perfect. He says, anyway, onward and upward, here are my rankings. So from bottom up, number 11, Hobbs and Shaw. It's simply not a Fast and Furious film. Fair take. Number 10, Fate of the Furious, Dom versus the Family is an interesting idea, poorly executed. Fair. Number 9, Fast and Furious, too grim for the Fast, and the CGI caves are pretty bad. If you ever want to laugh, listen to the commentary track from Justin Lin, because during this entire sequence, he's talking about how important it is to do everything practical. If you don't know any better and just listen to him, you think there was no CGI there at all. Pretty funny. Or maybe he's just like, we probably should have done this fucking practical. (laughs) Number eight, too fast, too furious. No Dom, but Roman nearly saves this film. Well, according to Tyrese, he did save that film. So... (laughs) Number seven, F9, nothing particularly wrong with it, but nothing particularly right either. So just sort of down the middle. Okay. Number six, Tokyo Drift, Han. It's all about Han as it should be. Number five, The Fast and the Furious, respect for the OG. Okay. Number four, Fast 10, Momoa, nuff said. Momoa's Number great, three, yeah. Furious 7, I know I'm being emotionally manipulated, and I'm here for it. Totally number fair. two, Furious Six, a near perfect film, and number one, Fast Five. He simply says the correct choice. Yes, Amen. Good choice. Good choices, Randy. I like your list. Good list. My favorite characters, by the way, are Mia and Tej. I really root Mia. Shout out Mia. Mia representation. I really root for the characters that I have, feel have a tremendous amount of potential but are underutilized. Speaking of Tej, it's often said he and Ramsey basically have the same skill set, both hackers. And while there's some truth to that. A deeper examination reveals there's difference. As you guys have pointed out, at least once, Ramsey's software person. If you need to hack into someone's bank account or security system, she's the one you call. Tej is more of the hardware guy, or as Roman says... Engineering. Circuits. Circuits, yeah. We need to break into a safe, build an RC car that'll spy for you, or design a GPS system that will allow you to drive a car out of the back of a plane and land at a precise location. Tej is your man. Now, this doesn't always ring true, as there are a lot of overlaps, but I like to think this is what helps distinguish the two. I yeah. think so, too. Yeah, Tej definitely is more of the toy guy. I don't see Ramsey building toy things. And I use the, t- the term toy very loosely because he does For make sure. an RC car. But, like, you know, the harpoon gun, all that kind of shit. I was thinking about it today when he says, like, numbers when we were watching F9. It's more He's more implying that he's engineering to me mm, than... Okay. Because it's circuits and numbers are the two things they, he's like, I'm the circuits guy, I'm the numbers guy, which would imply engineering, and Ramsey is the computer slash hacker hacker person. I agree with you, Randy. Finally, for the Patreon bonus episode pick, I'm assuming there's no theme required for this. No, there was a theme. I mean, at one point we did, but now you can just do whatever you want. Do whatever you want, bud. The only choice I could possibly give is the amazing Sean Connery classic Zardoz. If you haven't seen it, you're in for a wild ride. I have not seen it. I have. Have I own it. Yeah, hold is on. Is it good? Oh, You're Joey's going it. to the wall. The wall of DVDs. He absolutely does have a copy. There it is. Ooh, a John Borman film. Zardoz is a movie that Christian Larson, also fellow patron, loves. 
I think I heard about it. From I've him. never seen it. I've never seen it before, but I do love Sean Connery. So we will I'm do in. Zardoz this lap. So between now and February sometime, we will do Zardoz. So Excellent. I think it'll be last because you were the last to get it in. But if there's another patron joints. We'll do another one. Until next time, Randy. Thank you, Randy, for writing in, but thank you for being a patron. But that was email number one. So thank you, Randy, so much for writing that in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our next email is from Michael Moser, who I'm assuming is one of the two people in the, in the Patreon or the he Discord. Is. Who he is. He is. Oh, and I'm, I do know a tidbit about this, and I'm going to like loop you in. Um, on Whole Lot of Wolves, Josh Buckley and uh, Paul's podcast, uh, they do a segment every week called No Stupid Questions, where you can write in and ask them a question. It's usually about like the town or the team or any uh, No Stupid Questions. Yep. So anything you want to ask, you can ask. And cool. he said he would like to write in a No Stupid Questions. He tried to tell me what it was. I said, absolutely not. I'm going in blind. We will read this together on air. He says, long time no chat. Hey, guys, long time no email. I always forget to email in and say my statements or questions, and I just ask them in the Discord, which is fine. Do that. Absolutely fine. It. You know how to find us. That's why yeah. it's there. Thanks to Joe, too, and my other favorite podcast, Whole Lot of Wolves, I have a no stupid question. If you could put a Motown sing-along in every FNF movie, which one would you put in and who would be singing it like in Crimson Tide? So let's not do every movie, but just do what one song... And what movie and who would be singing it? I mean, it has to be... I know what I want, but it's not a Motown song. What song do you want? I want Sean and Han to sing Total Eclipse of the Heart, both parts. Meatloaf. That would be so painful. You think so? To hear... Wait, Total Eclipse of the Heart is not Meatloaf. That's Bonnie Tyler. It is. And Meatloaf is the male voice in Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yes, I am 100% sure. Huh. Wait, hold on. Yes, I'm, I know I'm right. I didn't know, but it's a Bonnie Tyler song. It's 100% a Bonnie Tyler song, but Meatloaf is the... Hold on. I'm genius. I'm trying to think of like when in the song there's the, the, the male voice. The whole song. It's a duet. Are you sure you're thinking about the right song? Total Eclipse of the Heart. Bonnie Tyler... And Meatloaf, the whole song. John Steinman, I mean, he was written by Jim Steinman, who wrote a lot of, he wrote like Bad Out of Hell. Oh, I want that. Okay. But for an actual, okay. No, he wrote it for Meatloaf. Meatloaf said he didn't want to sing it, and they gave it to Bonnie Tyler. Meatloaf's not in that song. What's this? What the fuck song am I thinking about then? I have no idea. Bonnie Tyler was really reveals Meatloaf was really pissed off. Like this is like this happened like a month or two ago that she like revealed this. So you might have just like misread something, but no, there's no. no. The fucking oh god, you're gonna make me do this. I do anything for love. I would do anything for love. Fuck me. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly what I meant, and I kept saying the wrong. Lorraine answer. Crosby is the female vocalist on that. I was like, where is there a male voice in Total Eclipse of the Heart? Wait. It's wild to me that there was something that something just came out two months ago where like she's giving quotes about it. Wait, let me I Do Anything for Love for is second. also written by Jim Steinman, recorded by Meatloaf, featuring Lorraine Crosby. No, turn around, bright eyes, every now and then I fall, turn around. Okay, that's, so that's her. not That's Meatloaf. Bonnie Tyler. No, no, that, that's a male voice because this guy's singing. I think Meatloaf is in this music video. Rory Dodd is, is the, the guy? voice. Yeah. 
Okay, never mind. Canadian rock vocalist who performed many songs written by Jim Steinman. It's all the same thing, but Meatloaf's, yeah, Meatloaf's not in it. Sorry. He okay, was okay, also okay, backing okay. vocals on a lot of Meatloaf songs, though. So it's like all, it's all not incestuous in a bad way, but just, you know, it's all crossover. Yeah, I feel you. Um, okay. Sorry. Start again. No, no, sorry again. I'm, I'm leaving all that in. Fine. Whatever you want. So what Motown song, now that this is not a Motown song, what Motown song It wasn't song a Motown song to movie? begin with. I just want, okay, first of all, fucking love Totally Cups of the Heart. That, put that in. Whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> Motown song, though. I think that I would like to have an all-female version of I'll Be There. Mm. We definitely need some Letty. We Ramsey would get into it. Or, like, and one of them, like, doesn't know the song. And, like, the three other ones start singing in harmony. You know what I mean? Like, maybe Ramsey, because she was, like, British. So she doesn't know the song. And they're like, what? This, fu- this is, like, a banger, dude. I was thinking about doing... Um ain't no mountain just like the just do the thing that solves racial tension and put it in too fast and just you know Ryan, roman and brian get along now you know what i mean like everything's uh. fine but what i want to do instead is i'm i'm you know this is you you could throw this in any number of new movies but i think i'll take your sean boswell idea for tokyo drift and have him sing my girl to neela yeah uh. The accent would really fuck it up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you wanted him in Total Eclipse of the Heart. Uh, Just to sing the harmony while Han does the whole song. Like, just like the, like, turn around. Like, you can give him turnarounds, but you can't give him, like, a role. He thinks he's being romantic and swarthy, and it's just like, dude, this is not working. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, he's kind of, like, sunshiny. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of quarterback on the Titans team anyway. Why don't we get, why don't we get fucking tool time to sing it? to to what's her name and then sean boswell steals her anyways he races mm. for her prom date look i will say no stupid questions but think <laughs> i was we, stupid we found a stupid answer it. yeah we found it we definitely found a stupid answer to this question but thank You're you michael right. for writing in thank you michael thank you brother we also got an email from jason rainey subject line sausage parties and speculation okay i have sausage no idea what this could possibly be about but there's art attached Okay, okay. Hey, yo, Joey and Joe. First off, I want to send you a gift. On the last Life in the Fast Lane episode, you boys seemed disappointed that no one sent you Michael Fast, but pictures of Michael Fassbender's wiener in response to the shame episode. Indeed, it would be a shame to leave you two unsatisfied when this podcast gives us fans so much enjoyment. <laughs> so attach this email are some primo Fassbender wieners. May they warm your hearts as much as you warm our eardrums. So I'm going to send these without context. I've not looked at them yet. I just downloaded them. I'm going to send them to the, the Facebook thread with you please, and me and Brian. Please, 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 Oh, One, my God. A fastbender oh. naked holding three wieners in each hand just says, no shame. Amazing. <laughs> There's one of him in... I don't know what movie this is. It might be. I know. I recognize it, but I can't recognize it. It might be the dinner scene from Shame. I don't know. But there's just an insert shot. Like, it's like a news broadcast of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. And there's just the subtitle that says perfection. <laughs> and then there's one from the snowman where Michael Fassbender is pulling his eyes like he's a gog at a snowman that has been impaled by about a dozen wieners and then written in what I can only imagine. It's all in black and white, but like I can only imagine it's mustard. Mr. Police, I gave you all the clues. <laughs> Wonderful. I love this, when these someone are like fucking Jason incredible. I know. 
ability and uses his powers for evil. There's so many ideas that I much much like Brian, there, but he has more talent than I do. There's so many ideas that I have to Rachel that was like, if I had like seven hours to make like of one, commercial free football, of yeah, of commercial free football, seven hours of time that I could dedicate without completely drifting every three minutes, I would probably make a video that's like a minute long about this one dumb thing that I thought of. And mm-hmm. I don't. But that's that's actually like part of always part of my like lottery dreams. I'm like if I hit the, like if I won the lottery, a lot of time I would spend just like commissioning people to make like cartoons and pictures that are just like a dumb idea that I had that I want to see enacted. Jason, thank you for scratching that itch for me. These were fucking incredible. Thank we you. We had Jason. to share them somewhere. We had to put them in the Discord, I guess. He, and when the, the episode comes on, out, there's a lot more to the email. Yeah, okay, when the episode it. comes out, I'll, I'll put this up there. I also Sounds want to send good. a response of sorts to Randy's letter from that episode. Like you guys, I got a kick out of his idea for an in-depth chronological cut. I One love thing it. he mentioned was leaving out Hobbs and Shaw because its place in the series timeline seemed uncertain. That reminded me of a germ of a theory that came to me recently. Oh, I love theories. Go ahead. One of the big mysteries is who Etienne's director is. So far, no solid leads to their identity exist, or do they? In the film, we only see the director speak through computer screens, either at Etienne headquarters or hacked devices. No big deal. It's a common trope in action movies, right? An easy way to hide the villain's identity? But we've seen another character talk anonymously through computer screens in the series, Dante Reyes. He does this mm. twice, once to Dom in the Rio police station, but more importantly to Hobbs in the post credit scene. This Very could true. be a subtle visual clue that Dante is involved with Etienne, whether as director or some other associate. Association. The director mentions he and Hobbs have a past, which definitely fits Dante since Hobbs killed his father. Also, being associated with Etienne would give him resources to come after Dom and the family. If this turns out to be true, this could potentially put Hobbs and Shaw somewhere between Fate and Fast 10. Mate, what? Ooh, he might get to this. We've also been talking about Hobbs and Shaw 2. What if Hobbs is Hobbs and Shaw 2? What do you mean? Remember when Hobbs and Shaw came out they're like Hobbs and Shaw 2 greenlit and we haven't gotten Hobbs and Shaw 2 what if this other movie that The Rock is teasing that's like between Fast 10 and Fast 11 is Bridge also movie. Hobbs and Shaw 2 that's what I always thought that it was I mean but like what if it's like so you always thought it was like the same the one movie in the same same thing yeah it's the same shit like what they didn't make like just a Hobbs movie to make a Hobbs and Shaw 2 movie to then be after knows, the man. fuck it, it, it was always the timeline it, no, but the timeline was always going to be... We said it when Hobbs and Shaw came out. It was going to be Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious. Hobbs and Shaw, Fast... Like, that's what yeah. it was going to... We were going to get the Marvel release that's like... But we got Hobbs and Shaw, years. then Fast and Furious, then Fast and Furious. Well, because COVID and fucking yeah. all... It, the writers... All this shit. So, yes. Maybe there were clues in that movie that would help pinpoint its position within the chronology, but I figure this is a start. I'll also admit I'm not 100% on this theory. It's been a while since I watched the movie, so I may be forgetting details that would easily disprove it. I don't think so. I don't also, think so, Also, the bud. filmmakers seem dead set on forgetting anything about Hobbs and Shaw in relation to the main movies. If they were planning on integrating it, it probably would have been a lot smoother to do it before now. Anyway, looking forward to hearing what y'all think and keeping... He doesn't say y'all. I just, I y'all that. So sorry for making Southern there, Jason. Um, not sorry. 
You're welcome. But keeping my fingers crossed that somebody puts this epic cut together someday. By the way, I looked up a fan edits online. The only Fast and Furious one I saw was someone who had chopped them into half-hour TV show-sized bites. Haley told us about this a long, long time ago, remember? yeah. You could buy, like... It was like think seven movies was like twenty one parts or something you could buy on on Amazon or something it was weird. It was something really weird and like maybe only in Australia at some mm-hmm. point. It was something really fucking strange. Yes, an okay concept, but not as cool as Randy's proposed reordering ejecto Cito because is Jason. Well, thank you, Jason, for writing in and for the thank art you, and for the theory. I love I love the compound. So the theory, theories. the theory I like. Uh, I don't think you have any logical flaws that I can see in it. The only thing that I don't like is that like. Dante doesn't feel like he's running Etion because he doesn't have that kind of power. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have, like, expansive... Because he, he definitely steals money. He's, they steal money from somewhere. He steals their money to fund it, right? He, who? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean... It, it doesn't mean he needs their money, but he definitely steals their money. He definitely steals Cypher's henchmen... So I'm I'm just like I think that if he was the director of Etion, he would have more resources at his disposal immediately. Yeah, is my only only thoughts on why it doesn't nest. And also, he's like he's too fun to to be a director of something. You know what I mean? Like he can't be the boss. Dante is not the boss. He's the boss of himself. But like he's not like running an organization, just personality character wise. So those are my only two qualms, but like that doesn't disprove anything that you said. We'll find out, or we won't. Either way, they don't care. They don't care. I like this is it's more fun to speculate anyway. It's way more fun to speculate. What's a vehicle? <sighs> Guess is as good as mine. That's all the emails. If you want to email in for the next fast lane, family at cageclub. I mean, it's always fun to read the emails on the show. Family it definitely is a lot of fun. Thank or you. Or join the, the, the Discord. Just chatting there. Yes, yes, yes. We will, if you want a Discord link. Respond email in or dms or something or it dies sometimes yeah you can only have it set for 30 days which it's understandable so just you know message us and we'll get you a link love to have you on the discord not just for patrons for anybody if you want to get in there just email us or whatever family at cageclub.me joe the final thing to do oh we also, we also have a store cageclub.me slash shop if you want to buy if you a, want a george pickens george t-shirt pickens shirt or something real whatever who knows who knows? But Joe, the final thing to do before we say goodnight is extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since the day before Thanksgiving? Rachel and I have uh, been rewatching through the wire. Actually, mm. it's been a while since it's been a while since I watched it. We've been doing like uh, a lot of chores, and we kind of like put it on while we're doing them. Um, and we've been like you know stuck doing that for a while. So uh, we've been watching through the wire. We're like into halfway through season three at this point because we just like play it as a long form movie um rachel discovered that she had never finished season two Mm. which yeah she just had watched parts of it and i think she like had kind of given up and i just like pushed us through by skipping straight to season three um so she was very fascinated by the end of season two we i I was out with margaret and her friend a couple weeks ago and we were talking about something else entirely and a bartender came over they were just like you talking about the wire? We're like, no, but we could, and we just talked about the wire. We're like, what did you hear that you thought we were talking about the wire? Did somebody say shit? No, I I did after we started talking about the wire, but we didn't <laughs> before. But I was just like, what? What did you think you heard? Other than this woman, which is like, I really want to talk about the wire, and I'm gonna pretend like these people definitely have seen the wire. Cool. Yeah, we can talk about the wire. Um, 
yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's been long enough that like I was due for a rewatch, anyways. And it's I've only seen it once. Enjoyable. Oh, it's fun. So watch The Wire. Uh, in Trash TV, we've been watching the latest season of Ninety Day Fiance, which cool. is incredible because there's a very sexually aggressive trans woman on the show uh, who just endlessly wants sex from her fiance. Okay, that's all she wants, and it is like insanely aggressive so we and then there's also a uh what is it panama panama the the guy that i sent you a picture of the other night his fiance Mm -hmm. uh is very concerned with yeah they're all just like super horny in this season and like not very redeeming in any kind of qualities uh they're all making very terrible decisions uh it's awesome I'm back in this season of 90 Day. I fucking love it. Sweet. What else? Other than that, Hard Knocks. Watched Hard Knocks, which I think is really fun. And Mike McDaniel is becoming way more endearing to me. I thought that, yeah, he's great. And he's like really fucking smart. Um, Yaley. He like, I, I wasn't really sold on him. I thought he was kind of like. Well, he's strange. He, he doesn't look like he belongs in football. Not not that. It was just that, like, I thought that he was, like, playing a character because he wasn't funny. You know what I mean? Like, I thought he was being weird to be weird. Oh, like, he was feeling like, like he, he his personality was, I'm going to try to be weird because I don't have a personality otherwise. Kind of. Okay. And now I'm just like, oh, no, you're just so smart that your brain is, like, just in a weird place all the time and you're hysterical. So, um... I find him really funny, and uh, Hard Knocks has been great. As you know, like we said before, Rachel loves Hard Knocks. So, does she even love this Hard Knocks? Because this is like a different. Like, it's she not really likes it. Real. This is more football than reality. Yeah, but she she likes you know you get to see a lot of their like interactions in home life sure. and like them stuffs. So she yeah she really like the likes guy it. opening up Max and the login is Hugh Wang. And he's just like that's not mine. Did you remember, yeah. you remember that? Do you see that? You yeah, that? it was a fucking it was Sunshine. Whatever the guy with the long Van Ginkle Gink Gink. Yeah, that's who it was. Yes, that was pretty funny. But he like clearly was busted. That was definitely his account that mm-hmm. he named huge, huge. Or if it, if it wasn't his account, he's also like on HBO saying, "Hey, I'm stealing HBO." Yeah, I'm borrowing my sister's HBO Max, and this my is, sister like name it Hugh Wang. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, that's fun. Uh, what else have we been watching? Oh, we watched, we watched. Um, we were not caught up yet, but we still do really enjoy the curse. I've I only seen really the first fun. episode. I'm going to. I'm like, I'm gonna watch more, but I just I've only seen the first. We watched the first two, um, and I think we're like halfway through three. But we always like are like we should watch this, and we're like pretty well, drunk. Like, I, my my thing is that like it's so uncomfortable to watch. Go this. ahead, say this. This is what my coworker says. My coworker says it's like really hard. You can't watch it in like big batches because it's so uncomfortable. Like I know that I'm gonna enjoy it, and I want to see it. I want to be able to talk about it, but I'm just like. I don't want to watch this, but I'm going to. And I, I, I know that it's I'm hysterical, it. but every situation is like, oh my mm-hmm. god, this is so. Un-. He says it. He said he he said he's gotten. He said um, he thinks episode three is the best episode because we haven't gotten there yet. And he also said like he's gotten to a point now where he's become so desensitized to the cringe. Okay, he's like I could watch it in giant batches but he's like yeah like when you first get into it if you're not in the right like mindset to be like this is gonna be the weirdest cool. shit okay. i've ever seen there was that what else i haven't been really doing much other than that hanging out yeah that's it i haven't done anything super exciting or fascinating or fun so 
that's my things. Rachel's birthday's this weekend. Um, so is I mine. Will... So uh, yes, yes, yes. Yours is coming up too. I didn't forget, but in terms of ones I need to remember most, true. Rachel's true. birthday. Rachel's birthday is this weekend. Although I, I won't, I won't say what it was. But Joe gave me a very, very big compliment in terms of like people he doesn't hate today. Which you, I you can say what it was. Because oh, we, we were talking about like I'm, I'm having some friends over for my birthday. I'm trying to see if Joe wants to come down with Rachel and. It's like it basically like our birthdays are almost the same. And so like they have plans. and I'm like, look, just keep Rachel happy. I don't care. And he's just like, look, the list of people that I want to keep happy is Rachel, big gap, my mom and my boss, big gap, you end of list. I was like, I made the cut. (laughs) Yeah, that's that is the greatest compliment I could give Joey and the fucking truth. A hundred percent. I love nothing more in this life than doing whatever I want and not being bothered. So if you do. Yeah. So if you control anything that I do and bother me, you're a special person. There we go. And you do both. Ooh. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So it is December. You knew we were getting I, there. Come on, I was I know, walking you no, right no, to no, it. No, 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 no. I know. Um, which you know, it, it just proves all the all the more why the compliment rings so true, means so much. So, because it's December, it's it's year end. Cram as much media into the month as I possibly can. So I've been watching TV. Like there's other t- like I want to watch The Curse, but I've been watching Hard Knocks. I've been watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which I like. I don't love, but I like. I think it's worth watching. I think it looks really good. It's cool. It's well made. I wish there were more monsters, but maybe. What channel is it on? It's on Apple. It's on Apple. Oh, okay. That's cool. I have Apple. Um, Oh, also, we were like, we were, sorry, now that you reminded me, we were also caught up on Lego Masters, which is really fun this season, too. They've gotten a lot better. Uh, Ink Master as well, mm. which has gotten a lot better this season. Like they're fucking fantastic. There's this kid that does these tattoo designs that are really fucking cool. I should send you a couple of them. Like he does like a hodgepodge of different designs. So it'll be like a realistic photo, and then he just draws like graffiti over it, mm. and like all kinds of. It's like really strange, but they look awesome. And we were caught up on the Amazing Race too. That's what we've been watching. Sorry. I will also say I have not watched it yet, but this week now. As we record now, as you listen, for sure it's going to all be out. But there is a four-hour, four-part MasterChef Junior home for the holidays. And I always like, you know, the, like the one reality that I watch is MasterChef and MasterChef Junior. And so that's very cute. It's like a four-part, yeah. I guess, holiday. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's new kids. I don't know if it's thank like, you, like thank old you for kids. telling me that because we're going to go visit Rachel's parents for like Christmas time, and that'll be a great thing to put on sure. as like a family watch-along type situation. I'm going to get to that at some point. I've also been watching the new season of Fargo, which is great. Like, I love Fargo. Oh, cool. Like, every season I've at least liked. Some of them are better than others. This one is really, really good. John Hamm's in there kind of as, like, a MAGA cowboy sheriff. Juno Temple is the star. Jen- Jennifer Jason Lee is in there. Lamorne Morris from New Girl's in there. Joe Keery from Stranger Things is in there. Like, it's really, really good. Um, it's Which set- one is Joe Keery? Because I know the name. He Joe played, Keery's uh, uh, Dusty's older friend. Like, he's the older dude. The older boy, it would care, Kit. No, not Kit. Um, like he's like some, he's Maya. Yeah, Fox I know. Friend. I know. Yes, 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 yes. I, don't I know. The name I his forget character, his character but, name. Fuck, yeah, but okay. He's the I one who was dating. What's her face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great, and he plays like uh, I don't know if he's John Hamm's kid in the show or just like one of his like deputies or whatever. But like he's in that world, and like he's really, really good. Um, so that's on FX on Hulu, and Hulu's now merging into Disney Plus. So like if you have both, it's Is also it? maybe into, yeah, it's gonna be one app. Um, okay, cool. Like, it, you probably actually have a Hulu hub in your Disney Plus app. Um, so check Weird. that out. Okay, um, cool. But it's it's really good. They're on Tuesday, so the new episode is out today as we record, so I have not yet seen it. 
Um, a lot of good stuff. I've also been watching a ton of movies, especially movies in theaters. So the new Nicholas, basically every single movie I've seen in theaters, I've loved. But I saw a Dream awesome. Scenario, the new Nicolas Cage movie, which is great. I saw Godzilla Minus One, which is a new Japanese language Godzilla movie, which rules. Bob and I saw Eileen, which is a movie based on a book that we read for the podcast, but based uh, the, an author who wrote a handful of books that we both love, uh, Otessa Moshfag, she wrote this book, Eileen, um, which became a movie. That movie is great. This cool. was in theaters, but I watched it on Netflix. It's also now on Netflix. Made December, which is the new Todd Haynes movie with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman is awesome. The Boy and the Heron, the new Miyazaki movie is great. And oh, we've Robert heard, and, and, and that's Maestro. that's the one that um uh, R. Pats is narrating, right? He's not narrating. He's one of the characters in the dub. We we had our our fancy baseball winter meetings this weekend, which is another thing I was going to talk about at the Russian bathhouse, the Banya in New Jersey, and it was great. And then after that, he and I just went to see the Boy and the Heron. So it was only subtitled, like we there was no dub at that time, so we just saw it subs. We didn't hear Robert Pattinson, but like R. Pats plays the titular Heron, who's like an insane kind of villain, but like just like a wild character. So I've um, heard great. Yeah. Rachel said that like everybody said, like you wouldn't recognize that it's his voice. That's the only reason why I knew about it. And then the only other movie that I saw since then is Maestro, which is going to be on Netflix on December 20th, which is Bradley Cooper as Leonard Bernstein, the composer, conductor, New York Philharmonic composed West Side Story. It's no tar, but it's really good. So that'll be out on Netflix. But I want to see that in theaters. Cool. Because Who Weekly did a full hour on it. I'm like, I can't listen to this podcast without having seen the movie because I want to see the movie, so I want to see that. And then tonight, I might either go see Napoleon or the new Hunger Games, but I also might just do that on Thursday instead. Also, your boy Timmy Chalamet is going to be in Wonka this weekend, so that's out. Oh, fuck yeah, weekend. nice. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. But like, I'm just trying to watch as many new movies as I possibly can, and like, there's a lot of really good stuff in theaters. Coming out now, yeah. I also... Hello, Darkness, my old friend. Resign up for AMC A list. Because oh. so movie. What Pass, happened? Movie Pass was dogging you, bro. No, I still, I still have it. So I was grandfathered in at a better rate. So Movie Pass, I paid twenty bucks a month for one hundred and forty credits. So when I first signed up, a movie was like twenty, twenty four, thirty credits, whatever, right? Yeah, we, I remember we talked about all the pricing. What does it mean? A Nobody movie knows. now is 145 47 50 54 57 credits so god damn instead of seeing like four or five six movies in a month for 20 bucks which is absurd value now it's like three which is still like a movie ticket at my theater is 1550 so if i see three of those for 20 bucks so worth it yeah but i i had this like fear and this this made me a little angry and it shouldn't made me angry but i was just like i was like oh there's a solution a list but I was like, there's like eight movies that I want to see, and I don't know what to see because I want I want to make sure I make the, like the right decisions. And so I wound up seeing like none of them because I'm like, well, I don't want it. Like I don't know. Like, I want to waste my credits mm-hmm. on this movie, mm-hmm. and it suck. Yes. And I'm like, oh, well, I can wait for that to be on Netflix, but I don't want to wait for like, whatever. And so I'm like, oh, so like, I don't think AMC has a deal with Netflix. So like Maestro in May December didn't show at AMC, so they showed at my theater, so like I could see them. Like I saw Maestro there, but then like you know, main, like Boy and the Heron is everywhere. So Bob and I saw that in AMC. So like, I have both. I'm paying now like forty five a month, which is what I was paying for Movie Pass by itself six years ago or whatever. But yeah. If I see three movies. That's I break even. You know what I mean? Like I I want to yes, see yeah, more. Exactly. Like, I want to I want to make money on it, but like it's not considering how expensive movies are, especially now in like award season. 
Rachel and I are getting excited. The Oscar noms should come out. They come out in February, though. Yeah, because they push everything back. The Golden Globes are out now. The Golden Globe Awards we, are out. Nicholas Cage nominated. Yeah. But yeah, because I remember, I remember it used to be like, uh, it comes out in January. They they show it in February. Yeah, was how the Oscars were. They're like a month behind now. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, I think because they push everything back because of COVID, and then uh, they just never. Rec- I don't know who knows. Anyway, but yeah, I'll but, never financially recover from this. But that's basically I just you know I the next three weeks I'm still going to be watching new movies and trying to find my new favorites and everything like that. But basically Super everything cool. I said in theaters, I really strongly recommend. So there's a lot of really good stuff out there right now. So more stuff coming out. Go check it out. Go to the, go to the movies. Awesome. They're good. The movies. I think that's just about it, Joe. Anything else to say in this episode before we close up shop? No, thank you guys all. I hope you have a fun time, holiday time. I'm a big Grinch, but I hope that if you enjoy holiday time, you enjoy your holiday time. That's very sweet of you. Yeah. Our next episode next week is the Christmas Chronicles Part 2 with Dr. Chris coming back. And just so everybody knows, Christmas is Monday, so the episode will be out Monday morning. So it's going to be out a day early. There's not going to be another episode on that Tuesday, but just instead of Tuesday morning, Monday morning, so you can unwrap the Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Sorry, the, I think uh, Jason or Lane was asking, like, what movie should I watch that's coming up that's going to be, like, the next pit stop? And I was like, can't tell you. But thank you all for listening. Thank you to those of you who subscribe at the Patreon, TooFastToForever.com. Yes, thank you. Seriously, thank you. It is the Christmas season, so thank you for all that. Even Joe, Grinch, Art, two sizes too small. Turbos for tots. Buy some Buy some cars for Turbo some tots, or just go to go to cageclub.me slash shop and order your local, you know, charity George Pickens t-shirts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kids be like, I don't want this. What is this? Straight to like, I, I think that the like that they the t-shirts they send to Africa that are like the wrong AFC champions. Oh, like t-shirts. undefeated, like Patriots undefeated season. Yeah, like those, like those children would be like, "What the fuck is this? I don't want this." It's a scary. It's honestly kind of a scary looking shirt. It's kind of awesome though. It is kind of awesome. So easy to make too. Anyway, for all things too fast, too forever, go cageclub.me, Facebook.com/slash too fast, too forever, or at too fast, too forever on all the platforms. Email us family at cageclub.me. Again, thank you to those who emailed in. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at CageClub.me slash shop and come back next Monday for the, and patrons of course will get it earlier, for the Christmas Chronicles Part 2, which is the movie we thought we were going to see last year. Maybe. Who knows? I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we will tell you all about it when we see you again.